Okay, hello world, Furious here. Welcome back to FG Central. As I told you guys, I'm going to be here doing Canada Cup, getting all the scoops for you guys, covering all the tournaments, so on and so forth. Okay, and we are back to talk about a couple of tournaments at Canada Cup this time around. We're nearing the end of the season for a lot of games. Tekken 7 uh, have their finals coming up, Street Fighter 5. I don't know the specifics on Dragon Ball Fighters. I think theirs is up uh, next year. Um, and yeah, so with that, we got a lot to cover. But um, today, we're going to be primarily... Well, first and foremost, I did tell you guys in the last episode that I'm going to be trying a new format to see if you guys like it. Just let me know where I cover multiple games. So instead of doing full breakdowns of the top eight, I'm going to do like uh, kind of like touch on little pointers. And that way I could probably cover multiple games in one episode. Um, and we'll see how that goes. And today we're going to be talking about Third Strike, which is the final game on the uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Tournament circuit that Capcom had. At CEO, they had Super Turbo. At SCR, they had Alpha 3. And here at Canada Cup, they had Third Strike. And that was what a hell of a top eight this was. This was fucking amazing some of the players mov if you guys follow street fighter 5 you know him he is the chun player from street fighter 5 but he also plays chun in third strike and if you guys know anything about third strike you will know undoubtedly hands down chun Li is the best character in that game she is god tier she has buttons for days all pretty much all of her buttons are good her neutral is amazing her conversions are amazing oh my god her setups everything like the situations that she can put you in in a corner. She has Kara throws and a crazy throw range because of it. This character is ridiculous. And we see quite a few of them in that top eight. But we'll get to that in a sec. Who else was here? Nuki, who's the player who uh, beat Damdai and won the Super Turbo tournament in this uh, 30th anniversary tournament circuit back in CEO. Okay. Um, Ken Devil, who you guys remember from when I covered Alpha 3 at SCR. He was also in this top eight. Uh, oh, man, a bunch of great players. Um, you know, so yeah, uh, Frankie BFG, otherwise known as Frankie 3S. I think he went with BFG because there is another Frankie 3S um, who I think this is the East Coast one, and I think the other one is the West Coast one. So he went with Frankie BFG. Um, who else, man? A lot of great players were here in this tournament. Um, like I said, I already talked about uh, MOV, Ken Devil, Nuki. But as we get to the breakdown, you guys will see this was one hell of a top eight. So just to name some players that wasn't there um, that were in this tournament. Ricky Ortiz, uh, Justin Wong, um, Chai Riffy, I believe. Um, also, you know, just to show you how stacked and just how crazy... Uh, this tournament was um, Yuki was also in top eight. I mean, it was just just a great tournament. Um, and then after that, we're going to talk about Soul Calibur six a little bit. Um, that was a great tournament. Um, I did catch the grand finals of that between Sonic Fox and uh, the Canadian player Reptile. Um, great grand finals. And we're going to I'm going to give you the full top eight results of that. And then we're going to wrap it up. Like I said, I want to try to wrap these up with discussions. So we're going to talk about. The custom characters being allowed in ranked match, which is a big topic in Soul Calibur 6 right now. And we're going to wrap it up talking about my thoughts on Tubi from Noratomata coming to Soul Calibur 6 as the next guest character slash DLC character. So that's pretty much going to be our episode today. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Let's get right to it. Third Strike. <laughs> So opening up the third strike tournament, we have Nuki versus Ken Devil. Um, great match, although Nuki did take it 3-0 over Ken Devil. Um, they started off with the Chun Mirror. Get ready to see a lot of Chuns in this top eight, man. As I explained to you guys, that biatch is broken, okay? This, this girl, I mean, for a long time, this is nothing new, no new tech. I mean, since damn near the game's inception, people have pretty much stated that Chun-Li is that girl. 
She is that biatch, okay? I mean, just for multiple reasons, normal setups, she has everything. Anything that you can take advantage of in that game system, Chun-Li takes advantage of it the best. And, um, you know, Nuki, like I said, he won uh, Super Turbo back at CEO for this tournament circuit. Ken Devil, no, no stranger to Top 8, though he was in Top 8 for Alpha 3. Great in so many games. But Nuki is that dude. He took it 3-0. Kendevu did get a perfect on him in one of the rounds, though, in uh, Game 2. But also, Nuki showing off in Game 2, there was a point where he knocked uh, Kendevu down. And he knew that Kendevu was going to recover, I guess, in a certain way. And he did a setup where he threw out the fireball. And then, as Kendevu recovered, he threw out the super to, like, catch uh Ken Devil's recovery it was so sick you got to see it it was so fucking sick so nonetheless that was a dope game um next up though in round 2 who do we have in round 2 i know MOV was in round 2 and he went up against Cooney okay this was let me see it was was it a chun mirror i do believe it was a chun mirror MOV Remember, MOV is the guy, for those of you who don't know, right? MOV, he's known in Street Fighter V, of course, for Chun. And he's known in Third Strike for Chun. MOV is the guy who once famously stated, um, after he won a tournament with this character, I don't remember which tournament it was, but it was a while ago. He most famously stated, he said, My Chun-Li should be banned from Third Strike tournament." Because she's too strong. And trust me when I say this guy's no joke. I mean, his Chun-Li is, is just utterly ridiculous. Um, let's see. MOV took this 3-2, though. Um, you know, Cooney um, did put up a fight. Uh, Cooney is... Is Cooney... The Dinjin Ryu player, I do believe Cooney is the Dinjin Ryu player. Um, he he's a loyalist to this character, okay. Um, he I don't I don't think he was one of the ones responsible for creating like a lot of the tech, like back when people were still trying to figure this game out. But um, I do think Frankie 3S was pretty much that guy. But, um, you know, that guy, um, you know, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of his, uh, his Denjin Ryu because I feel like, in my opinion, Ryu's not one of those characters you see a lot in Third Strike. And the thing, the weird thing is he does crazy damage and crazy stun. And you'll find that out in this top eight because Denjin is... It builds up a lot of stun. So if you can get a good setup into Dingen, it's guaranteed stun. Then you do the follow-up combo, which gives you back pretty much half of your bar of meter. So even though Super Art 1, which is I think the Shinku Haroken, is the one that when people first started using Ryu, they went to because probably because it was familiar. When the development of Dingen Ryu came into play, you had to really, really commit to that style. And there are some people who have like pocket Dingen reuse just because of how much damage. Like, so imagine if you're playing like Akuma. Is Akuma a better character? Yes, but if you can get those Dingen setups off on Ryu, it, it, it's, it's not matter. I mean, off on Akuma, it's not really mattering, right? Especially a character with low health and low stun like Akuma. But um, nonetheless, MOV, of course, takes it 3 2. Um, pretty much kind of proving that they probably should ban his Charlie. <laughs> okay, so, but I just thought it was worth mentioning that. I, I became a fan. I, 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 this was my first time seeing Cooney, and I became a fan. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, losers round one. We got some more dope matches. We had Vanille going up against Ak. Um... Both of these guys, um, you know, um, I think Vanille took this one, did he? Yeah, Vanille, Vanille took this one, 3-0. Oh. 
Um, Vanille is another one. Okay, Dinjin Ryu loyalist. Um, I don't. Well, actually, I don't know if he's a loyalist, but I all I saw was Dinjin Ryu in this top eight, and um, I think Vanille might have been one of the people who like uh, who has like taken out. Um, who has won a tournament, like, outside of, uh, like, over in Japan, but that's not from Japan. Um, and, um, his Denjin Ryu is no joke either. And, funny enough, how it actually worked out in Losers Quarter Finals, um, it, we got a Denjin Ryu mirror match. I, it, I would have never thought I'd see the day. Um, it actually worked out where he had to go up against Cooney, and we'll get to that in a sec, but, um, he took it over Ak, but Ak, no slouch, um, Ak was also using Chun-Li, if I'm not mistaken, that was our third Chun-Li in top eight, I mean, technically fourth, because, um, not, not, uh, not Nuki, but, um, Ken Devil started out with Chun, but switched to Ken, so, I mean, I guess you can kind of say fourth, really, not really, (laughs) so, so yeah. Um now finally moving on to our last last round of uh the first round of these top 8 matches. Um who did we have? Um for our last round, let me see. Cuz I have I took some notes guys and um you guys know that uh when I take my notes Man, oh man, it's always crazy. Did I not take notes on the last round? We have Vanille versus um Ak. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Frankie BFG or Frankie 3S. Who did he go up against? Because he eliminated Yuki. That's right, um, my boy Yuki. So Frankie BFG took this three to one over Yuki. Frankie, a Ken player. Um, Yuki, I think, was also using Ken. I may be wrong. I, I doubt it was another chunk, because I don't remember that many chunks. It was a lot of chunks, but I don't think it was that many chunks, okay? <laughs> it was a lot of them, though. Boy, oh boy. It was a lot of chunk. But, um, nonetheless, Frankie, um, one of our last hopes, um, for America, or for a non, if you're rooting for somebody who's not from Japan, because this tournament, of course, full of Japanese players, they tend to be pretty dominant, in uh, Third Strike, or in any Street Fighter game. I mean, if you keep up with the Street Fighter scene over the course of the games, so on and so forth. And um, Frankie BFG took that one. Great Ken play. Um, he, he just always seems to be in control, man. You know, that's kind of how it is. Um, he just always seems to be in control. And Yurian is the character that uh, I remember. Yurian is the character that Yuki was using. And Frankie, what he's good at, he's good at just laying down his foundation. He's good at taking control, and I'm going to talk about that as I talk about some of these later matches. Now, they took a a tournament route that I'm not used to, so they didn't go over to Loser's Quarters right after uh, round one of the top eight. They went over to Winner's Finals, so we got to watch the sick-ass match between uh, MOV and Nuki. Which I I, be, I later on, and I don't know if they forgot, but I remembered it being, uh, I recorded it as being 3-1, where they were saying it was 3-2. I recorded that as being 3-1 when I watched it. Now, these matches can go by pretty fast, depending on if somebody can really lay down their, like, law really quick on the other person. These matches can go by pretty fucking fast. So maybe that, maybe it was 3-2 and that shit was just going by so fast. I recorded it wrong, but I'm I pretty sure it was 3-1. The Chun-Li mirror match. Look, y'all, if you would have came up to me before this tournament and said, yo, what two characters do you think are going to be in winners' finals? I would have said uh, Chun and Chun or Chun and Yang or Chun and Yoon. Um, we got to see some Yoon in his top eight as well from who started out with Yoon. Um, like I said, it wasn't Kendevil. Was it Yuki? Did Yuki switch to Yoon? No, no, no. Um... Frankie, I think, had started out with Yoon, and then uh, Yuki took a game, then he switched to Ken. Um, 
Now, it is possible that, uh, not Cooney, it is possible that because Frankie did do a, uh, a mirror match later, um, in Loser's quarterfinals. And in Loser's quarterfinals, he went up against, um, Vanille and Cooney went at it. That was a, a mirror match for the Dingin Ryu to lay down the law on who's the better Dingin Ryu. And then, um, MOV, who, uh, who also got sent, uh, no, 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 MOV got sent to Losers Finals. So, um, I mean, yeah, after he lost. Um, so who did MOV, um, send to Losers? Was it because, uh, Cooney? Um, yeah, it was Cooney. Um, so, because they got, he got his run back, um, in Losers Finals, but we'll get to that later. Um, but there was a Ryu mirror match, and then there was a Ken mirror match, um, in, uh, Losers Quarterfinals, which just both ended up being fun matches to watch, which is rare that mirror matches are so fun to watch, but in Third Strike, man, just... Because I guess it's because of all the the mechanics and the system kind of things that you can take advantage of. Um, they just become so fun to watch, like they really, really, truly just become so fun to watch. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna uh, go back here and I'm gonna find uh, who MOV sent to to losers in that first uh, round. So, we had Cooney versus MOV, and then, um, in the first round of the tournament, the very, 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 uh, first game, we had Nuki going up against Ken Devil. So, Ken Devil was the Ken, uh, that, um, that, that was in the other end of that mirror match with, uh, Frankie, with Frankie BFG. And... We had the Ken Mirror match first, I believe. The funny thing about both of these were both of them were 3-0. Okay, both of these were 3-0. Um, Frankie BFG took it over Ken Devil. But Frankie, like I said, let's talk about this. This is the best match that, that just illustrates this. Frankie's control. Like, if I would have came to this... Let's say if I would have came to this match, not knowing it was a top 8 match in the tournament... I would have literally just thought that Frankie was just an overall better Ken and Third Strike player. And that's not taking nothing from Ken Devil, but in this particular match, he just had his control. He was spacing well, footsies well, punishing. Um, his car cancels were on point. Um, just every situation he was able to take advantage of. Now, I do think that uh, Ken Devil got around off of Frankie. Uh, BFG, but it was certainly, certainly no game taken, and Frankie's control was just was just ridiculous. Okay, so moving on, another back to back, uh, another mirror match between the two, both Dingin Ryu players, Cooney, and who was the other one? Oh, Vanille, um, and Cooney took it um, over Vanille, another three zero. Um, just, man, uh, this one wasn't, though, this one wasn't as, as much of a frio as, uh, Frankie and, uh, Ken Devil was. So, another 3-0, nothing here, both just playing a solid game, um, you know, both looking for that dingen into stun, into, uh, guaranteed combo that, uh, pretty much, I mean, unless they mash out, and we'll talk about that in the next match, um, uh, and to guarantee combo that gives you back half your meter, so on and so forth. Moving on to our loser semifinal match, which is Frankie BFG versus Cooney. This was 3-2. And it started out as uh, Frankie, with Frankie being up two games. Damn near about to close out the set. And then Cooney just found that momentum. And he made a three-game straight comeback. Now, let's talk about Frankie. I don't know what this technique is, but God damn it, I got to learn it. Apparently, there's a good technique for mashing out of stun. He did this twice. So like I explained to you guys, Dinjin Ryu builds up a lot of stun on the opponent. He just dumps it out, okay? Um, 
Everybody else, when he would get the Dingen, he would pretty much get that guaranteed combo that refills half his meter. Not on Frankie. He twice, not once, but twice, he got stunned from Dingen Hadoken, but he mashed out in the time it took. And this is, trust me, it's a short ass time. In the time it took uh, Cooney to dash in or jump in and try to get that combo, he had already mashed out. That was ridiculous. That is, you know how hard that shit is to do. That's very difficult. But supposedly there's a like a technique when when it comes to mashing out a stun that like you know makes it like almost guaranteed or whatever, or at least in that short amount of time. But he was a lot of the screen away. So what you basically got to do to adjust for those of you who are wondering, just if you, your dungeon setups, you just got to be closer. If you're playing someone who's not that good at mashing out, then it's fine. But if you're playing someone who's that good at mashing out, then when you do your dungeon Hadoken setups, just make sure you're close enough to jump in and get that combo or dash in and get that combo before they mash out. Because that shit was ridiculous. And um, like I said, though, nonetheless, didn't stop Cooney. He made a three-game straight comeback, eliminating the last American player from the tournament. So we have an all-Japan top three, Cooney, MOV, and Nuki waiting in grand finals. Now, MOV is the one that sent Cooney to losers in round one of the winner's bracket. So that would have been a winner semifinals. And now they rematch in losers finals. And this was... Was it a wash? I don't believe so. I do think Cooney took a game. I think it was 3-1. But MOV basically showed no signs of, okay, this guy adjusted and now he's going to come and do him in. Because it is it is difficult to beat someone twice in tournament. But I guess when you're MOV with a third strike chun that you claim needs to be banned from tournament because it's that good, you, you basically prove it. <laughs> okay? And to be honest, after that ass whooping that he laid on him in losers finals, and that he would proceed to in the next one that we're about to talk about. I think it might, we might have to. We might have to ban it, man. We might have to make MOV pick random or some shit, okay? Or pick another character. He is really good with this character, okay? So after eliminating Cooney, um, shout out to Cooney for getting third place. After eliminating Cooney, he goes to get his run back in grand finals against Nuki. MOV starts this shit off crazy. He 3 O's Nuki, okay? Three owes him in the first set. So he reset the bracket. Okay? Then he wins the first game of the second um of the second one. Okay? And then Nuki just turns it up. Nuki just turns it up. Um it's one. Uh no, actually he won the first round. Uh Nuki won the first game. Then MOV won the second game. But then um, the third game, uh, and, um, Nuki just turned it up, and MOV couldn't regain that control. Now, this is a Chun-Li mirror match again. So the the basically what separates these two players is they both have the same options, the same tools. It's just a matter of who is going to use what option at what time, and is the opponent going to be ready for said option? Because the thing is... Chun has the tools to deal with her own tools, but once again, it's up to the player to notice, okay, my opponent wants to use this option at this time, and I got to make sure that I'm ready for what I need to do when they do. And that's all it boils down to, and it seems that in most of these cases, um, it does seem that Nuki was ready with the punishes and the proper um, responses to Chun-Li's options with his own, more so than MOV. And that was both in winners and in grand finals. I mean, that first set, like I said, MOV stumped all over him. He clearly had the momentum, right, from playing that loser's final set. He was warmed up. But once Nuki got warmed back up, um, it was just, it, it you know, he just, Nuki just um, had him, had his number, and MOV... Just uh, couldn't compete. I mean, his chun is still so good that they should ban it, as he said. But nonetheless, shout-outs to Nuki taking two out of the three tournaments. Um, I don't recall who won Alpha. Um, was it Maki? I, I know it wasn't Maki. I mean, was it, was it Makoto? I don't recall who won Alpha 3 at uh, SCR. I did cover that, though, so you can go back and listen to that episode. Um, but... 
Um, Nuki, shouts to him. He won uh, Super Turbo at a CEO, and uh, he won Third Strike. I mean, to be that good at so many games, holy fucking shit. Um, so, shout-outs to Nuki, man. It, you know, um, I don't know if Capcom's going to do this again. I don't know if they're going to do circuits or start doing circuits for these old games. That'd be pretty fucking dope. I think if the demand gets high enough, they're definitely going to acknowledge that there's a demand for these older games to have circuits and they will they will do it. I mean, this one had I think a $7,000 pop bonus. Maybe all three of them had like a somewhere between like 5 and 7,000 or something like that. But nonetheless, you know, I like watching these old games, man, and I like covering them for you guys, just keeping you guys, introducing you guys to some of these players, because some of these players are dedicated solely to these old games, and then you do have some that transition, like MOV, you know, so, and you just never know with these old games, it's so unpredictable, I think, it wasn't Ricky, I think it was Justin who lost first round, he lost round one, um, and got sent to loser's bracket round one by... It was one of the players in the top eight. Um, I don't remember who, but he he lost to like round 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 one. You know, uh, Ricky did a little better, and uh, Chirifi I think was in tops like made at least top sixteen. I think so. These players all great and not even like making top eight bars. Um, you know, I didn't like that's what the thing about these older games. They're way unpredictable. You know, you don't have the same players kind of dominating every time, you know. I mean, unless you're Nuki or MOV maybe. But, you know, so nonetheless, I'm going to try to what I'll probably try to do is as I grow the team and we get bigger, I'll probably have either me or somebody dedicated to side tournaments to cover them for you guys so that we can keep up with these players because a lot of them do go and compete in these side tournaments for older games. Sometimes they're on the mainstays. Like, I know Jabaley loves his CVS too. Um, he's even made top eight for that before. Um, I think last year in 2017. But, um, you know, um, that's, for example, at CEO, CVS too, every now and then, for the most part, I think it is actually, on the main stage. So, that's pretty crazy. I mean, you know, you get to watch Justin, Jabaley, Boss, you get to watch these guys, Um, you know, just wreck shop in CVS too, and that's a fun game to watch. Um, So, yeah, you know, these older games, Um, and then they do side tournaments a lot for like Third Strikes and the Alphas and the, you know... Um, Super Turbo is a little different because that game is very cherished, so it's on a lot of main stages. Um, but like for Third Strike and Alpha 2 and all of them, uh, I'm definitely going to try to get someone to cover these type of tournaments for you guys. Uh, whenever these games have like big events um, or small events or whatever. So, because I enjoy them, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some, some of you guys out there who enjoy them too. But nonetheless, there you go. That is your Street Fighter 3 Third Strike coverage for Canada Cup 2018, shout-outs to Nuki, shout-outs to MOV, shout-outs to Cooney, everybody else in top eight, everybody else in the bracket period. Can't wait to cover this one again. And with that, we're moving on. Okay, let's talk about Soul Calibur 6. <laughs> Let's talk about Soul Calibur 6, okay? All right, let's talk about these results. In 7th place, we had Ice Ninja, also tied for 7, Oif Matic, okay? Tied for 5th, we had Chu Fei, and we also had Dime, um, actually, no, not Diamond, Dinos 416, okay? In 4th place, a very familiar name here, Money Muffins, awesome, awesome Soul Calibur player, by the way. Um, Pyro Raptor had third place, okay. Reptile in second, rocking that nightmare. And of course, the one guy who goes to every tournament to prove that every game is his game, Fox Sonic Fox, okay. Um, there we go, those are your top eight results for Soul Calibur 6. All great players, but we're going to talk about the grand final set real quick between Sonic Fox and Reptile. Um, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, great set. I mean, overall, um, you know, Reptile, where do I start here? 
He is a, a loyalist, so he rocks Nightmare. Um, that is his character. And uh, he... I always like... I don't know. Nightmare for me, man. You know... Um, I always hated fighting against <laughs> Nightmare. I will admit, man. It's I don't know if it's because I just never knew what to do <laughs> against like Nightmare. But nowadays, these days, I do perform better against uh, against Nightmare. So, you know, it's always scary for me. But then again, hey, I'm not Sonic Fox. Okay, um, we start out with Reptile and Loser side. Okay. Sonic Fox and Winner's Side Grand Finals. Now, this is a scary position to be in for anyone. But Reptile was confident, man. He wants to keep this trophy here in Canada. So, in Toronto. I don't know if he's specifically from Toronto, but I do know that Reptile is a Canadian player. He resets the bracket. Um, um, Not 3-0. We're thinking more like, I believe, 3-1 on the bracket reset. Um... Sonic Fox was rocking Sir Vontes, a very Sonic Fox-like character in my opinion. Um, I can see him rocking those tools, the uh, the um, the the spacing that um, Sir Vontes can do it. And Sir Vontes has this like his range is deceptive. Um, he's one of those characters where see when you see a character like Nightmare, you know you can look at Nightmare off the bat and go, okay, this guy has range. Cervantes, you'll look at him and you'll try to assume, okay, he has good mid range. Maybe if I um, back up a little bit, da 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 da. I can, you know, get it in. But no, Cervantes's range is uh, very much deceptive. But nonetheless, Reptile dominates in this first set. Okay, then we go to the second set, right? Because now he's reset the bracket. I was trying to make a guess back during uh SCR as you guys know Sonic Fox got second against Signia and the pre-release circuit for this game he was using Garot I had said in my mind I was like yo I wonder when the game comes out who are we going to mostly see Sonic Fox rock because when I thought Sonic Fox I know Garot is a good character I mean Sonic Fox is an NRS player so if if Sonic Fox knows anything he knows guest characters always start off broken in fighting games okay but as well is like perfect for sonic fox i feel like i feel like he gravitates towards those kind of characters who come off early in the meta as cheap but what sonic fox does with these characters is like he kind of okay he studies these games a lot and he plays them a lot and he takes these characters who have these what people like consider cheap uh, setups or mix-ups or just cheap moves in general. And he finds these moves that are already considered cheap on the surface. He basically takes it to its fullest potential. And as well as one of those characters that right now early in the meta. When I look at this character I'm finding myself it's hard to guard impact right now because I still don't know. You know, how long certain moves take to come out. What leads into what. For example, from my perspective. And I've, you know, I think I've played maybe one or two as well as online and ranked in. And yeah, you know, I've I've had my fair share of decent dealings with him. And then I've, I'm confused most of the time because I'm still learning the character. And a lot of people feel like with the way he kind of summons weapons and with like all the potential he has that he's one of the cheaper characters in the meta. So I was like... Yo, I think Aswell might be one of those characters that Sonic Fox can bring out his fullest potential. And this was just me guessing, okay, at the time. And because um, I knew I was going to see him in tournaments. And I think, I don't remember if he won ECT, but I know he was in Grand Finals of ECT as well. And he was in Grand Finals of ECT as well. You know, never mind. It's, out. it's too late. I can't even, can't even do it anymore. Nonetheless... Um, and lo and behold, right, bracket reset, we're back to character select screen, who does he go to? He goes to Aswell, and man, um, Reptile still put up a hell of a fight though, um, but he, I think Sonic Fox won the first game, it was going back and forth, then Reptile, then Sonic Fox, then Reptile, when we get to the last game, man, Sonic Fox was on fire at this point though, because it's like he... 
he figured it out like this did not you know what reptile wants to do because he got a perfect i believe in the second round i do think reptile returned that perfect a couple rounds later um but in that fourth round or or even maybe even the next round after that but there was a round where reptile also got a perfect i don't know if it was in the last game or before that but in either the fourth or the final game, man, it, it came down to damn near the wire. I mean, Reptile was on fire. Sonic Fox had clearly adapted. Aswell was clearly doing much better than Cervantes was. And it was it was nail-biting. Like, I'm, I'm over here like, oh, man, oh, who's it going to be? Are we keeping it in Canada or is Sonic Fox bringing it home? And Sonic Fox, of course, man, it's Sonic Fox. I, I mean, it could have went either way, though, man. Reptile, great player. My first time seeing him in action. So I'm a fan. Um, not to mention Nightmare is just so fucking awesome to watch in this game, man. He, he's fucking a dope-ass character, man. Fuck. Um, but so here's the thing, right? So Nightmare, here's what Nightmare wants. Nightmare wants to keep you at a range where he's dangerous. So he doesn't want you close to him. When you do get close to him, he's going to activate the uh, the terror, the little night terror. Uh his I believe it's his A plus B. And then um he's going to he's going to he has a lot of ways to push you out too. His 6 B B B B B B B B thingy that he does. Um you know, Reptile does a good job between mixing up between the a lesser version of that, and then when he's in uh, Night Terror, when he has that activated, going into doing the full version, and even if you're blocking, it does mad chip, and it pushes you out, so he has ways of keeping you out. Um, his super, he has an armored critical edge, which is the most broken shit I've ever seen in my life, my long, pathetic, ridiculous, good-for-nothing fucking life. Like, that shit is ridiculous, and it, it it annoys the shit out of me, except when I'm using it. And, um, you know, we all hate shit until we use it. And then, but, so, he has a lot of ways that when you get close to him, he's still dangerous, but he's definitely dangerous if he can keep you at that range where you'll have a hard time hitting him, but he definitely won't have a hard time hitting you with stuff like 6-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B. Or um, his sidestep uh, um, horizontal attacks, uh, his eight, well, eight-way run horizontal attacks, I should say, so on and so forth. What you want to do is, if you have a character that can challenge his range like a Siegfried or even an Aswell, because certain moves that Aswell has reaches, you want to always challenge. And Sonic Fox was taking those risks. Another thing Sonic Fox was doing that was amazing, his stance changes from uh, into... Um, I forgot what the name of his first stance is, but I know the other one is his beauty stance. Into like beauty stance to get access to certain um, moves that he gets while in beauty stance, so on and so forth. That shit was on point. Like his stance changes were on point with Aswell. Between beauty stance into the uh, the other stance. I don't I remember what it's called. I'm still learning all of the moves and all the stance names. And since Aswell is a new character, I can't even be like, oh, I got that legacy knowledge. Nah. I can't even do that, but I'm still learning. I haven't picked up Aswell yet anyway, um, so I will eventually have to so I can know what the fuck's going on when I fight this guy. But nonetheless, um, Sonic Fox takes it. Um, just great play. He's he's a great Soul Calibur player. He did used to play 5 back in the day early, early on, so I'm not surprised. He's, he's killing it in 6, um, you know, as he does in every game. And yeah. I mean, that's pretty much... I just wanted to talk about that grand final set because I, um, you know, I caught it um, shortly after. Um, I don't think... I don't remember... I don't think I caught that one live. I caught that one shortly after because um, it got uploaded and I it was just such a dope set with Reptile coming so close to keeping that in Canada and just rocking that nightmare. I do believe he's a loyalist. Oh, and shout-outs to One Nappy Ninja and Leash uh Leashex Life I believe um they were on commentary so you know um they they absolutely killed it on commentary um and yeah shout outs to Reptile um shout outs to Sonic Fox rocking the uh as well okay great grand final set check out the entire top 8 if you can find it um Soul Calibur 6 is a great game to watch they actually made sure they implemented you know things into the game to make it fun to watch reversal ledge god damn it 
<sighs> just listen to the last episode if you want my thoughts on Reverse Legend. I have a love-hate relationship with it. I'm getting more used to it, though. But that that was one of the things done for new players, but also for cinematic purposes. The supers look great, and the game is just fucking gorgeous. So, fun game to watch. Um, So, definitely check out some Soul Calibur at Canada Cup if you can find it. Um, but that pretty much wraps it up. Those are your Soul Calibur results. There's no uh, tournament circuit like for Soul Calibur. That would be super fucking dope if there were. If there were, I hope they do it. I hope the game gets enough traction so that Bandai Namco can add that. So you can have Tekken World Tour, Soul Calibur World Tour. Give it like a fancy name if you want. Like I don't know, Quest for Soul. I don't know, Quest for Soul Legends. I don't know. Anyway, nonetheless, uh, the trophies will be like weapons. <laughs> that would be the trophies will be like uh, you get a Soul Edge trophy or some shit like that. But that would be dope as fuck. But no, no circuit for this. So all independent. So nothing more here. But we are going to talk more about Soul Calibur in a sec. Um, we're going to talk about ranked characters being allowed online. And we're going to talk about Tubi. From No Automata. Um, and I definitely want you guys' opinion because I don't know much about her. I haven't played No Automata. Very visual. <laughs> Very visual um, are RPGs for me and my site. So um, I, I've heard good, I've heard nothing but great things though. So let's talk about it. Okay, here we are. Last but not least. We are going to talk about these uh, ranked matches and custom characters. So I saw this first on Twitter, and I was able to watch a little snippet of... And um, someone had made like a giant apple or something like that. And the tweet was like, uh, allowing ranked character, allowing custom characters in ranked match may actually be a problem. And... Um, I couldn't find a lot of videos on it or a lot of people talking about it, but mostly just in Twitter, people were having discussions about it. And it came to my attention that someone had did something similar and created like a giant cube. And it's not until you knock the armor off that you get to see the characters under it. And somebody had did like a turtle shell and and things like that. And it, it was it was like crazy. Now, let me explain. So, for those of you who are wondering what the issue with this is, is when you add certain pieces of armor or clothing or whatever to these characters, it alters their hurt boxes in weird ways. And ranked is a place people go to rank up and stuff like that. And some people take rank very seriously. Some people use rank to really, really practice to get better at the game because the more you rank, the higher rank level players you're playing. And since this is supposed to be a serious mode, when you go and you're fighting against characters who you won, another issue is with these turtle shells or these big cube and stuff, you don't you can't see the person's weapon you you don't know you can't really truly determine the spacing because you know if it's a big apple or a big cube or something and what plus like i said they have these weird hurt boxes so you don't really know what to do and these are best two out of three but they have a huge advantage now people are actually using this to you know take advantage and get really high in the ranks and stuff like that people actually are and when you're fighting a character, you can't see their weapon. You don't know if they're blocking or about to guard impact or about to do reversal edge. Or you don't know whether what attack is coming out because their weapon is under a turtle shell or under a cube or under an apple or whatever. It's, it's, it's weird. And then when you don't know the hurt boxes and you have this stuff committed to muscle memory, it's like, yo, what the actual fuck? Um, and people are, are, I mean, people have straight up said, yo, this ranked match shit is a joke. Okay. People have tried to come up with solutions. I've heard people say they should let you decide in ranked match, just like you can decide in casual match, whether you want to go in a, um, a ranked match with uh, allowed custom characters or not, whether you want to allow it. Um, and if you pick yes, you can fight them. If you pick no, it'll match make you with people who aren't. Um, some people have said, they should just take it out all together. Um, for me, I do like the... To I, I'm, I'm a big fan of options. Um, I hadn't actually thought about the toggle thing. I mean, I guess that could be one. You'd be really limiting your options, though. I feel like 
look, I'm 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 usually all for options. Believe me, I am. But I do feel like since it is ranked, I do actually feel like it just shouldn't be allowed altogether. I can understand the toggle thing, but then you really limit your options when it comes to matchmaking. I mean, and if you're okay with that, I guess, but I actually just feel like it should be only in the casual match uh, rooms that you should be allowed to. And because in casual match, you can actually choose whether you want that or not, allowed or not, when you're doing your search and I'm sure when you're creating your room. So I do, I actually, in this particular case, even though I'm always one for options, I'll actually go with, I think it should be removed because they're not going to alter the hidden hurt boxes on each individual piece of armor to make sure this and that. And custom characters are supposed to be fun. They know people are going to be wacky with that shit. So I don't want them to fuck with that. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be able to every now and then do wacky shit. You know, that that's kind of what people do. I'm more of a serious type of person with custom characters, but I do enjoy seeing some of the wacky shit that people do. I thoroughly do enjoy it. And, you know, they let you upload it and you can download shit yourself. I'm going to be honest. I doubt I'll be ever downloading anybody else's uh, characters. I'll probably just make my own. I very highly doubt I ever do that. But I did enjoy, like, when the game first came out, like most people did, I went back and I looked at all the shit people created. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, that's cool. Not a bit at all. Isaac Swazi. So... You know, my characters are more original. I don't. I I haven't done any replica characters yet. I do have some in mind that I one day I'll dedicate to. Um, I'll dedicate some time to. Um, you know, but I haven't done any yet. Um, just all uh, just one original character thus far, and I upload them anyway, just in case somebody likes it, whatever, whatever. But yeah. I think they should just take it out altogether, and then that way you don't have to worry. If you want to use your custom character online, go to casual match. And that's pretty much how I feel about that. But let me know, man, at FG Central um, on Twitter, fgcentral1 at gmail.com is the email. So just let me know. Um, you know, you guys can, can do that. You can also leave, I believe, on the Anchor page or channel, you can leave uh, voice messages. So, you know, and I, and I can actually put them into the episode. I would love to share you guys' feedback in the episode with the other viewers. So check that out as well. But yeah. That's kind of how I feel about that. Now, let's talk about Little Miss Tubi, um, who is going to be the next guest character coming to Soul Calibur 6. She doesn't have a release date yet. It just said coming soon, but she looks fantastic. I haven't played Noir Automata. Um, Noir Automata is a, an RPG um, developed by Square, I believe, or maybe it's just published by Square and developed by Platinum Games. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's developed by Platinum Games, published by Square, and it's, I think it's a futuristic, uh, style RPG. I, it's very, it's very visual though. RPGs usually tend to be difficult for me. Um, so I haven't played it, but I've heard, no, I've actually heard nothing but great things about it. And similar to Noctis, right? A lot of people feel Noctis is way out of place in Tekken 7, but his gameplay is fun and you get used to seeing that his style of character design in Tekken 7. And to be honest with you, in a game full of kangaroos and bears and robots and devils and angels and you know people who just like to dress and look really weird, it's he's really not that much of a stretch, okay? Um however, Tubi from Noir Automata, looking at her, for one, they did a great job with her design. She looks awesome. And of course, I haven't played Noir Automata, but I'm sure, as always, they're going to be incorporating her into, like, her moves and stuff into the game. But she contrasts with Soul Calibur way more than, um, than Noctis does with Tekken. A lot of people were comparing it to the Star Wars characters, being guest characters in Soul Calibur 4. I actually, to be honest with you, I personally feel like that was a worse than this. I mean, she doesn't look bad. She looks great. And she looks, uh, I think she looks better in Soul Calibur than they did. I mean, they, uh, I still don't, I still don't like that shit. But nonetheless, um, here's what I think they can do for her. Like, they can actually play on the whole futuristic thing and say she came I don't know why she would go all the way back to the 16th century, but they can either play with it and say she came from the um, future or, 
you know, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure similar to Geralt being able to portal, you know, to transport into that world through portals. She probably came through like a time rift or something. And now she's back in the past trying to find her way home. Or they're going to try to say maybe somebody in her time found Soul Edge and started wreaking havoc. And, you know, on some trunk shit, you know, not being able to deal with it right there. Maybe it was too late. She was like, oh, hell no, I'm going to go back in time destroy this shit and then save the future i don't know uh, i don't even know if they're going to even give her much story the trailer was done very dope they're doing different style trailers now they're actually going in detail and stuff and you know um you know talking about where the person came from what game and whatnot they're doing these trailers crazy now so that trailer was sick as fuck and there's a lot to it. Her and Ivy, I don't know if this going to play in the actual game, but they have some kind of rivalry, at least in the trailer. That's super dope. When you, you, One of my favorite things about guest characters in fighting games and when they do their trailers, and this has been for a while now, I need to. like I, it, I love it when they do it because I need to see them interact with the other characters. I love seeing that's that's why I like Injustice 2 when they do it or Mortal Kombat. I love when they inject the guest characters into interact with other characters like in uh, Libra of Soul when Garak comes and he's interacting with Mitsurugi, you know, and they're fighting and shit like that. I and you know like like when Tubi comes and she's interacting with Ivy. The trailer was sick. Her gameplay looks sick as fuck. Very futuristic, much different than uh, a lot of the other characters, but still controlled. She doesn't look broken. I still think Aswell probably have her in cheapness, but we'll but we'll yet to see. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Now, this is the type of shit that'll get me to buy a season pass. You know, this is DLC done right. This is the type of shit that'll get me to buy that season pass, because if you guys don't know, I haven't bought it yet. Um, I'm going to get it regardless and learn Tira because I'm a big fan of Tira. But um, now that I know at least now that I know that I'm satisfied with at least half the DLC because that was my thing. I wanted to be satisfied with at least half of it. Um, I'm going to get the season pass. If I wasn't satisfied with uh, at least half of the, the four characters, then I was just going to buy the stuff that I wanted and not get not get the season pass and save a little bit of money. But now that I know, I'm going to get the entire season pass when I get the chance. So there you go. Okay. Tubi, um, I'm, I haven't played an automata. If I, can, if I know somebody who has the game and they're willing to sit with me for a bit and I can, you know, they can, you know, use their eyes, help me. Um, I'll definitely check the game out um, if I can find someone who has it and, you know, find a pair of eyes, whatever, whatever, um, before she comes out. But we don't have a release. I mean, she could just creep up on us. So I hope she comes out before the end of the year, man, because every game does their DLC different, man. I, I hope we don't have to wait too long for it because she just looks so fucking sick. Um, but yeah, man, let me know what you guys thought, though. Watch the Tubi trailer. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I think she looks great. I thoroughly enjoyed the trailer. And, um, yeah, man, I'll, you know, um, I'll, you know, um, look forward to talking to you guys about it, basically. So, that's it. There's the first two games we're covering at Canada Cup. There will be more coverage of Canada Cup soon as I get around to it. Um, I'm going to try to get it within the week, as always, for you guys. Um, and we got some finals coming up and all that stuff. So at FG Central on Twitter, um, FG Central one at gmail.com. Um, you guys can listen to the podcast anywhere you desire. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, wherever you guys want. Or just here on Anchor. And um, with that, peace world. See you guys next time.